So magic is all about essentially social engineering um, Mm -hmm. and it's putting people into a place where you essentially are manipulating their reality. Ah, oh, so right, there's very, they, they are very much two distinct characters. So Magic Martin is, uh, yeah, the majority of my life. Ah, well, that being said, my favourite quote is go big or go home. Because, uh, yeah, I think for me, I've I've always loved pushing myself to the extreme with things. And um, so, and especially with the Guinness World Records. I'm Farah Shamas. Welcome to Hotel Talk. We hope you enjoy listening to this friendly conversation between people connected by real life in hotels. Welcome back, everyone. And we have a great episode coming up and really the whole point of Hotel Talk. So this gentleman I met yesterday at not our hotel at Park Lane Hotel here in Limassol at a very amazing event um, that was organized by some dear friends. And it was all um, organized by JBL, Mm -hmm. which is the um, audio company. And I met an amazing magician that was hired from the UK to come to Cyprus and perform magic. Martin Rees, thank you so much for being a part of Hotel Tour. And I was just amazed at what you were doing and what you were saying. And I remember saying last night, that's it. Stop, stop. You've (laughs) got to be on the podcast and come and tell us all. So tell us a little bit about you, Martin. Um, give us an intro and how you got into sure. magic. So uh, I have been into magic since I was four. I got my first magic set on Christmas Day uh, when I was four years old. And that's what gave me the first magic bug. And then uh, I've just... What magic first... was it my brother had? What was it? The Paul? Paul Daniels, yeah. Paul Daniels, yeah, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Probably yeah. it was the same set every yeah. kid had. Yeah, yeah. Literally, I think it's Amazing. a rite of passage as a kid to have a... Uh, well, certainly at that time to have a Paul yeah. Daniels magic set. Um, but I was one of the uh, sad ones that stuck with it and uh, yeah, didn't put it down. So uh, yeah, I did my first gig when I was 12. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I grew up in Weymouth, which is in Dorset, mm. yeah. on the south coast of England. Oh, my mum's um, from Hampshire. So oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so, yeah, so I uh, grew up there and then uh, did my education and then went uh, moved to London and, uh, yeah, started uh, just doing my thing up there. And then uh, in 2015, I started working with a children's charity called Spread a Smile, who provide entertainment for kids going through treatment in a hospital. Mm. And uh, that inspired me to do the Guinness World Records I hold. So I've got six Guinness World Records now. Six? Wow, I thought four. Yeah, yeah, six. So uh, That's amazing. uh, Most Magic on a Skydive, uh, Most Magic Underwater in three minutes, uh, did Most Magic Blindfolded in one minute. And uh, yeah, um, uh, each record's kind of opened up the door to another one. And uh, my current project is doing Magic in Space. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, all a bit crazy. Um, Amazing. So, but what was it then about magic that intrigues you? I mean, okay, all four, five, six-year-olds are like, wow. Mm. But then everybody kind of goes off and does yeah, something else. I think so. um, for me, the thing with magic was the, the the feeling it gives you when you see it. I mean, you see, when you see a, a proper magician do a decent job, um, the, the, that's the thing. It's the feeling and the, uh, the moment you create with someone, really. And I think from a young age, I was just so enchanted by the way that, you know, by, by magic in general and just the way it made me feel. And I was like, I want to be able to give that to other people. Mm. So, yeah, um, I suppose that's kind of really where it came from. Or what and then how did you get involved with charities? Because, you know, a lot of people have their jobs and careers mm. and they're not always passion and mm. it's an ends to me and it's a mm. paycheck. Mm. But in your case, I mean, by being involved and maybe it even sprung out of 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, doing it, it for was, charity. So tell yeah, us yeah. about that. So when I first moved to London, I was doing a lot of big events. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff at the BBC mm-hmm. and um, uh, loads of kind of really great corporate stuff. But I just felt something was missing. It wasn't really hitting the mark in in myself in what I kind of what I was looking for really when I was growing up. Um, mm. And uh, then one day I got contacted um, by someone who said, oh, we, we've heard you're really good at what you do. Would you be interested in coming and working for us? So uh, this is the um, the charity and they were in their infancy at the time. Um, so they were kind of still taking on initial entertainers and things. And um, my first day at Great Ormond Street Hospital in London was uh, literally the, 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 it was a life-changing moment for me because um, I had to go and see this little two-year-old girl who um, was being treated for cancer. And that particular week, she'd been really down, wouldn't engage with uh, anyone. And um, so, and, and also she was uh, in isolation, which meant I couldn't use any of my normal magic stuff. Um, so I was like, I'll give it a go. I can't guarantee that she's going to engage though. So I went in and her dad was in there. So just to explain a bit more. So she was in isolation, meaning yeah. you couldn't use, you mean you couldn't let her touch her? Yeah, yeah. So it's contact, yeah. a contact precaution. So it meant mm-hmm. I couldn't take in my stuff like and get her to like touch mm-hmm. the cards and things because um, she had to, yeah, because mm. everything had to be okay. essentially sterilised. Um, so I said to her dad, oh, have you got a coin? And he gave me a 10p and I went over to her bed and I said, oh, hold your hand out. And then I made the coin vanish into her hand. And I said, look, it goes from your hand to your wrist, to your elbow, to your shoulder, to your head. And I made it travel around and drop out of her other hand. And you could see on her face, she was like, what just happened there? So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do it again. So uh, they made it come out of her ear and her nose and then made it come out of her knee and her foot. And then when I made it come out of her foot, she actually sat up and looked at her foot. So I thought, oh, great, she's engaging now. Let's get mm. the dad involved. So I was like, uh, make it disappear again. I'll give your dad a high five. I'll go to your dad's arm and comes out mm. your dad's ear and your dad's nose. And literally just did this for 15 minutes, just making this coin disappear and reappear in different ways. And uh, over that time, she just came to life. And first she sat up and then she stood up. And then by the end, she was cheering and clapping every time the coin reappeared. And uh, the dad turned around and was like, I can't believe the transformation you just made with a mm. 10p and a bit of imagination because we've tried everything to get her to engage. And I haven't seen a laugh like that in months. Mm. And uh, it was just a really profound moment for me because I think up until that point as well, I'd always thought, you know, magic was about, oh, look how clever I am. Look how, yeah. you know, um, good I am at doing what I do. But in that moment, it made me realise that magic's not about me. and It's not about what I do. It's about the person and what they what they go through and what they experience. Um so, yeah, so it was really... And I of, guess everybody views it in a different way according to what they're going through. Yeah, definitely. And I think life. also the way that it's presented as well, because, like, sometimes I'll do a piece of magic, for instance, and, you know, people react great to it, but then I'll do it and it just hits that right mark and it just hits mm-hmm. that moment which really connects with that person. And um, and that's the thing, like, we generally people very rarely actually see magic properly up close. Um so when when you do, it's something that stays with you. And um, during during the pandemic, I've been doing all my magic online. And uh, in the early days, I had a uh, I did a birthday party for uh, this woman who was a hundred years old. I used to hit a hundred year birthday, and they did a Zoom call for her. And uh, as part of the call, like I said, oh, uh, have any of you ever seen magic up close before? And she was able to recall when she first met her husband and uh, she told the whole story about they were like 18 and they were in a restaurant and this magician came over and did linking rings. And uh, it was just beautiful. Cause like, you know, that's across literally a whole lifetime that she's held this memory. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, that's why I love what I do. Cause uh, it's, it's amazing. Mm. So how did you learn it? I mean, you know, because it's one thing to start off with a Paul Daniels search mm. and it's another thing, you know, I mean, yeah. I saw some of the things you were doing yesterday and I have mm. to explain to the audience. Um, Martin 
took my phone, covered mm. the camera so it couldn't do the face recognition. Mm. And that, it's, um, I have a six-digit passcode. Mm. And guessed, I don't want to say guessed, mm. but worked out the, the numbers. Mm. And, and I was deliberately looking at other numbers. I was deliberately... Mm. Um, Trying to you know, throw me thing, off, yeah. throw, and, and, and yet they were yeah. all. It was insane. Yeah. So, how, how did you learn? Um, so yes. it's a lot. Uh, like, so I, uh, I had a magic mentor growing up mm -hmm. who kind of like that's the thing. Like, I, I had an interest in magic, but then when I met David, who was my mentor, um, he basically basically taught me the kind of more advanced stuff, mm -hmm. and then. Once he taught me the basics, I then just went off and um, either learned from yeah, other magicians or came up with my own ideas for different routines and mm -hmm. sequences. And um, yeah, just kind of, it's, I, I always I always say that yeah, There's a lot of practice. It is yeah. a lot of practice. I always say like learning magic is like learning the piano. Like mm. you've got lots of keys and anyone can touch the keys. Anyone can play chopsticks on a piano. Mm. Some people can play a song. Some people can play a symphony. And um, it's the same with magic. Uh, you know, some people can learn a, quick trick some people could learn a couple of routines or you know dedicate time to it and learn yeah a repertoire of stuff so mm. it's uh, yeah, a lot of practice so going back to an example of the the trick that you you know did did on me last night mm. i mean and i said this yesterday there's a fine line between that or Mm. presenting it as magic mm. and someone else presenting that as being a clairvoyant yeah yeah or mm. you know yeah, yeah. um so where do we draw the line what's maybe the gray area in between and what should we maybe be cautious be wary of, of yeah 100 because yeah. um so magic is all about essentially social engineering um mm -hmm. and it's putting people into a place where you essentially are manipulating their reality yeah, and profiling um, them i guess yeah yeah, yeah. and um it, I, and i think it depends on what kind of thing i'm doing so if i'm doing like a card trick for instance then it's not so much on the person it's more so on me because mm -hmm. it's on me to get the, the trick right but then if i'm doing for instance like guessing a passcode um it's one of these things i get or i don't get and um it's purely down to um what if i can pick up the certain things that i oh, sorry if i can pick up the certain things from uh the um person that i need in order to extract the information mm -hmm. or so is either extracting information from their brain or putting information in the brain mm. um in a way that they don't realize yeah um, so the way and, you ask the question the yeah, way you, yeah, yeah. we've uh, certain language patterns um as well um and uh and that's the difference but the difference is between for instance me and someone who's a clairvoyant is that they use all the same tricks that i do except they profess that what they do is genuine and they're doing it genuinely mm -hmm. um Whereas, uh, yeah, as, as a magician, I, you know, I, I'm happy to say that what I do is a trick, but, yeah. you know, but then that's the thing that what I do is the trick, what the person experiences is the magic. Mm. So there's a clear distinction between the two. Um, Although I haven't met people who, you know, profess to have the gift, let's say, mm. and, um, but they also admit that, you know, it took years of training and, and kind yeah. of developing mm. that mm. skill and maybe they were born with. Who knows? It's a big, yeah. yeah. I think, like, from my perspective, like, I, I, I very much was into the paranormal when I was growing up. Um, but there's never been anything that I've seen or any person I've met or any experience I've had where I can actually truly say that was beyond mm. normal. Um, yeah. And I think that's the thing. And it, it, yeah, I mean, do you know what? Each to their own. If someone wants to say that they have these genuine abilities, then, you know, that's yeah. their, their choice. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I prefer to just embrace the uh, the entertainment aspect of it, really. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So 
You've got six Guinness Book of Re- Guinness mm. Book records, mm. and you've got other plans. Yes, which the next one is space. You said yes, and you have more planned after that. I mean, is this a um, so magic in space um, is essentially? So I started doing the Guinness World Records in like 2015 after starting with the charity. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's uh, and I'm now 35. So magic in space is my essentially my five year legacy project that I'm now doing um, because after that I want to settle down and have a family. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, this is essentially my big. Hoo-ha, really. Um, and uh, so as part of Magic in Space, there's four stunts that I'm looking to do as part of that. So, uh, And you're literally going to go up into space? Hopefully, yeah. So um, basically, the I mean, the, I, I want to do this as a means to inspire kids to pursue their dreams because mm. that's what I did as a kid, you know, just followed my dream essentially. And, you know, now I get to live my dream job on a daily basis and come to amazing places like this, you know, and yeah. uh, meet incredible people like yourself. Oh, so, thank um, you. But uh, So what would you say to kids who are listening? What would your message be to children? Um, uh, I suppose my message would be don't put pressure on yourself to think that you need to know now what you're going to do for the rest of your life because things change every month, every year. Every and, day. Um, exactly, every day. And I think especially in this day and age, there's a lot of pressure on kids to mm. uh, you know know what they want or have an idea of what I think there's doing. a lot of pressure on adults, you yeah, know, know your purpose yeah, exactly. and what are you doing. And mm. sometimes it's like, no, I just want to be... Exactly. I mean, you know. with with the, uh, as an example, with the Guinness World Records, I didn't never intended to do as many as I've got, but it's just that every time the opportunity presented itself, uh, or someone said to me, "Why don't you do this?" Um, I just said yes. You grabbed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's also another piece of advice is just ne- yeah, never kind of instantly say no to stuff. Always, you know. Mm-hmm. Push yourself out of your comfort zone because every time you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you grow as a person and you develop as a person. And I've grown and developed so much through each of the records that I've done. And um, and that's the thing, like doing magic in space is such an impossible task, um, especially because I'm not looking to do it by uh, like, you know, Elon Musk or Richard Branson mm-hmm. or uh, Jeff Bezos. I'm looking to do it on a balloon by myself um, because... Uh, essentially, you know, if I can do that and if I can get myself to space off my, literally off my own back, then literally anyone can do anything if they put their mind to it. So it's quite dangerous though. Um, yes, there's obviously a high level of risk to it. Um, I will say with everything that I do, I'm very, very methodical with my process. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's, it's essentially a process. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, and also the other thing as well is I surround myself with, industry experts so i've actually mm-hmm. got a space consultant on board um who is uh one of the only people who's actually already done magic in space mm. on the international space station um and uh so yeah so i kind of surround myself with people who know what they do expertly mm. and so i can tap into their knowledge base to make sure that when it comes to it yeah it's uh as safe as possible certainly so interesting so um i have another question for you that okay everything you've learned you know, is quite people-centric. Mm. So it's about people's reactions, people's thought process, mm. profiling different people, understanding different people. How has all of that helped you in your daily life and how can it maybe help others? <coughs> um, so I'd say um, certainly from my perspective, it helps in the sense of because it's a very front-facing job where I'm interacting with strangers, it means I don't have that, anxiety that Mm. people get when you're meeting people necessarily for the first time or if you're thrown into a situation i think i think that's the biggest thing is right from a very early age i always put myself in really what i felt were really kind of not difficult situations but just things where 
you really are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone or mm. you're really having to overcome that initial anxiety and nerve of it. And, um, and the more you do it, the more essentially you just become used to it. And so, yeah, so now it's great because in any social situation, um, I can not only spark up a conversation, but also make it engaging in a way that, mm. you know, allows people to remember you and yeah. you know, like you, you stick in their mind and play on their mind. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, you only you only get one time to make a first impression. Exactly. And it's exactly. so important how people mm. present, how mm. how you make others feel. Exactly. And I think um, especially with magic as well, because um, certainly in England, there's not a negative kind of mindset towards it, but just people uh, have a preconceived idea of what they're going to see before. Like when I say I'm a magician, like they have an idea of what I'm going to mm -hmm. do before I've done it. And the biggest thing as well is that a lot of magicians, unfortunately, are stereotypical, you know, sleazy, come out with the like creepy lines and like just do things which <laughs> conform to the public's yeah. idea of what uh, yeah, a stereotypical magician is. So um, that, that's for me the biggest challenge when I start doing my thing mm. is overcoming that initial, um, uh, um, not scepticism, but... Um, Oh, I can't think of the word. Um, yeah, it's like barrier. Like, yeah, yeah, initial yeah. barrier. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing, you know, I like, and I like to, yeah, kind of try and break through that as quickly as mm. possible because then once you get past that, and I think that's the thing, once people see that I'm not a sleazy magician, mm -hmm. have a bit of a joke with them, have a bit of a laugh, and uh, just approach it in a more relaxed way, then, you know, that's it. It's nice because I love, I love watching that change in people when mm. they go from kind of thinking, yeah, they looking know, like, yeah, thinking yeah. they know better to actually just accepting that, you know, Everyone's entitled to be a little kid at, at times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, yeah, that's and connect with the inner child. I love Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. So where do you draw the line between your real self and then the magician? Oh, so right. There's very, they, they are very much two distinct characters. So Magic Martin is, uh, yeah, the majority of my life in fairness, because uh, just in general, like whenever I'm out or like on a job, I'm always on like, in, mm -hmm. in work mode, essentially. Um, so for me, kind of, dedicating time to just Martin is something that to be honest with you, I've neglected over the last few years in particular It's only actually been this year. And ironically, while working on magic and space that I've been spending a lot more time on myself. So mm -hmm. um, I've started doing ice baths, been doing meditation, been doing yeah. yoga as well. Um, and I've uh, been a lot, for, lot more mindful with mm -hmm. myself and how I treat myself. Um, so uh, yeah, the, yeah. Um, I think, you know, that's the thing, like Martin, like Martin is always there. It's just Magic Martin kind of tends mm -hmm. to supersede. But, um, yeah, I, uh, it's nice that, yeah. Now we're certainly kind of I'm giving Martin more time to yeah. just be mine. Because it is quite interesting because I think many people are drawn into, like, the showman's life, the mm. actor's life. Mm. That, but to kind of put on a facade that maybe yeah. is easier mm. to cope with than yeah. sometimes no, you know, oh, being massively. our raw selves. Yeah, massively, yeah. massively. And I think... And then we can get lost in that. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Yeah, very much so. It's so easy for me to get lost in Magic Martin. And it's funny because Martin generally is very quiet and doesn't like to yeah, socialise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> probably yeah. like the introvert yeah. Yeah, turning yeah, extrovert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah complete polar opposites. Um, and uh, so I, I think that's the thing. I think because I've always kind of like I said, be working it as Magic Martin and doing Magic Martin mm. things. Like um, sometimes when I come to actually spend time on my own, it takes me a while to decompress and yeah. just, you know, unwind. Um, even going on holiday, like I find going on holiday really stressful because like for me, it, it, my Magic Martin's going, oh, but you know, if you're on holiday, you're not going to be earning money or you're not generating business or, you know, or this. And then, and so it's really, really stressful up until I go. But then as soon as I'm there and I've, kind of led down on the mm -hmm. beach or you know on a lounger then uh that's when 
Yeah, yeah. Might go, oh, Sheena, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also the guilt, isn't it, that applies to so mm. many people mm. nowadays. You know, we should be working, we should be performing, yeah. we should be, exactly. um, you know, earning, we should be mm. yeah, giving back. And then actually the main, one of the most important things is to find that inner peace and give yourself time. Completely. And, and I think yeah. that's the thing, because also just in general, you know, especially in corporate jobs as well, um, people are put under so much pressure. And and, and that's the thing, you, you, you work your absolute backside off to earn loads of money in life mm. and then you end up invariably spending that money to help you uh, uh, to, yeah. you know, to treat yourself because you've, you've worked yourself into the ground. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, the money you've earned then is then spent on, you know, your health. So, yeah, that um, was one of my, uh, my dad actually used to say this story. I think it's an Arabic story of, a um, a, somebody sitting under a tree relaxing mm. and then somebody walks past and he mm. says, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And let's mm. say, I don't know, it's an apple tree. Mm. He says, I'm sitting here, I'm in the shade, mm. I can sleep, I have my siestas. He says, but this is an amazing apple tree, like it's mm. amazing. Why don't you plant another? Mm. And he goes, and then what will I do? And mm. you take the seeds and you plant mm. another mm. and you make a whole mm. orchard. Mm. And he goes, and then what will you do? Well, you'll sell them. And he goes, and then what will you do? Mm. What will I do? And he says, well, then you'll, you'll sell them to the people passing, mm. you'll make money. Mm. And then what do I do? And then mm. you start exporting and you yeah. can build an empire. Mm. And then what do I do? And he goes, mm. and then... You take the money and you relax. Mm. And the guy says, but I'm relaxing now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we go mm. the whole mm. circle just mm. to get back mm. to, mm. Yeah. 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 So there we go. So I just said one, but um, what's your favourite quote? Uh, well, that being said, my favourite quote is go big or go home. Because, uh, yeah, I think for me, I've I've always loved pushing myself to the extreme with things. And um, so, and especially with the Guinness World Records, like, um, so most magic on a skydive um, was the... And um, are you a skydiver no, or did you no. just do it yeah, for this? Yeah, yeah, literally wow. just did it for that. Wow, so that is massively um, going out of a comfort zone. Yeah, massively. And, uh, and likewise with Magic in Space. Um, so as part of Magic in Space, I want to break the current Guinness World Record, the highest escape from a straight jacket. Um, so the current altitude is 7,200 feet and I want to go up to 10,000 feet on a hot air balloon, uh, essentially suspend myself below the basket, uh, escape from the straight jacket and get back into the basket, put a parachute on and then skydive back down to the ground. Um, now I am not an escapologist, so I've had to learn how to escape from a straight jacket. Um, plus also, although I've done most magic on a skydive, I'm not a qualified skydiver myself. So I'm currently going through training to do that as well. And yeah, it's, um, uh, I think kind of just one of those things where, you know, I, I always like pushing myself to the extreme with it because, mm. you know, the, the more you push yourself, the more, like I said, you grow, you develop and the more you learn and the more you network and meet people. And well, I'm quite you know. intrigued. Where, where does that come from? That, that need, that will, that want to push yourself. I, 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 to be honest with you, the biggest thing more than anything. And the thing that I remind myself every day is just how lucky we are to be here because mm. doing the stuff in the hospitals for the kids. And I work with quite a few kids who sadly ended up coming to the end of their life. And so I think it just made me realize just how precious life is and how much people don't really tend to seize the opportunities that mm. are presented. And, um, and I think that's the thing that like every, every day I just, I just feel lucky to be here and you know, just want to maximise my time really and just try and you know, experience as much of life as possible. So. That's amazing, really. It's amazing and very touching. And I think a lot of people listening um, would not be able to do it, mm. would not be able to be 
surrounded by that pain, even mm. if there's hope, but yeah. to see that suffering yeah. at a human level, especially mm. with children, mm. and then know that some of those children mm. are not going to make it. Mm. Mm. How do you do it? How do you protect yourself as well from um, not yeah. taking that? Yeah, take it, like carrying uh, yeah, yeah, carry carry it. I mean, it I suppose forever. it's like anywhere. I, I, well, um, so my brother was a paramedic, both of my parents with the NHS. So I think kind of naturally we're kind of mm-hmm. uh, caring family anyway yeah. and um i think uh from my perspective um especially in the hospitals um i kind of protect myself by just reminding myself that it's not just for the kids it's for the parents because like i said magic's about creating a memory mm. and as soon as i go into a room all i want to do is make that kid laugh and smile and joke around as much as possible because and just treat them like any other kid really yeah um because especially and that snippet a, of feeling normal exactly. and feeling loved yeah. and appreciated yeah. and seen. Just, and yeah, exactly. And I, I think, you know, for me, the most magical moments like that I've ever experienced, like proper real, I, what I would say is real magic, have happened in the hospitals or happened, you know, with families who are going through a very difficult time in their lives. And for me, I get the comfort and the security of knowing that it makes a big difference for them. With mm-hmm. just having this moment to be able to joke around and especially see their kids smile and laugh in a way that mm. maybe they haven't done in a while, you know that's that for me is just worth every 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 everything really. Everything you've learned, and, um, you know. And then I mean, it's like sometimes hard. I mean, like there was one or two kids who, because um, I've been working with them for so long, I grew really quite close with the families mm. and things. And, and then obviously when they pass, you know, you, you've got to go through that kind of grief almost. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think, you know, I, I take solace in knowing that what I do makes a difference. And mm-hmm. so even though it will be hard at times, at the same time, you know. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it for the memories that it creates. Awesome, that's amazing. Right, this is a bonus question. Okay. So I don't know what question this is. A lot of our staff have put questions together. Mm-hmm. And on our one-year Hotel Talk anniversary party, we let some of the... Um, Ex-interviewees mm. also write some questions. So pick anyone okay. and I'll read it to you. Okay. And let's see what they've asked. Oh, okay. So um, this is from Fanny, who's in our um, uh, spa team. And she asked... Hi, Fanny. <laughs> um, how easy is it to manage your company or manage what you do? How oh. easy? <laughs> um, uh, well, um Okay, I, I, I have to say, from my perspective, I'm lucky in the sense that mm-hmm. I, I have had, like, when I do the big projects, I have a team with me um, who I manage. Um, and, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I was going to ask, do you work then with more people? Like, on... Yeah, it depends on, yeah, if, if I'm working on one of the projects... Do you have like... a leotarded beautiful lady that's you know what? next I don't, to like actually, I don't know yeah I don't have my Debbie, <laughs> don't have my Debbie McGee you who, don't uh, have Debbie that, yeah who, but um, uh, I think for me like because what I do is my love and my passion um, when it comes to the business side I'm a bit rubbish sometimes and uh, I forget that I you know, think I um, the Debbie's yeah not so yeah. important anymore yeah no that. I think that's the yeah. thing I think also like the magic world's changing so uh, there's so many incredible female magicians who are absolutely smashing it now and yeah. it's nice because i think that's the thing that stereotypical magician's assistant kind of yes. thing is i mean well there obviously there's still loads of magicians out there that will have assistance with what they do um i think uh for me i like uh, I, I like the magic to speak for itself and yeah um in, yeah in that respect um but uh yeah but i think kind of as a business and running the business it's taken me a while to get my head fully around it and do it in a way where you know it 
you know, especially during the pandemic as well, because obviously um, for a lot of people, they were out of work. But for me, the pandemic changed my life in a positive way because uh, I was doing all my magic on Airbnb uh, or Airbnb do experiences as well as events. Okay, yeah. And um, so I was doing Secrets of Magic in King's Cross Station before the pandemic. And then just so I happened to put, my, uh, uh, put myself in the right place at the right time with Airbnb so that I was one of the first people globally to do a show online when the pandemic hit. And I've done nearly 3,000 shows now um, to companies and teams and groups across the world. So you do that to the employees or to the, yeah, like, yeah. the so, yeah, so users, for, let's yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so for instance, um, uh, during the pandemic, it was a lot more, like, families mm-hmm. who would meet, like, remotely and have a remote, like, kind of party, yeah. for instance. Over um, Zoom. Yeah, over Zoom, yeah. And, yeah. and that's it. So I do all the shows on Zoom. Um, but these days, it's more so for the corporate teams who are remote um, or working mm-hmm. virtually. And it gives them a chance to just have a bit of fun um, together. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, in the virtual context. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. That's so nice. Yes, it's true. I mean, I think for a lot of people, the pandemic, as hard as it was, I think did highlight many things that we've got to be grateful for. Many mm. people came out of the pandemic better. Yeah, yeah definitely. Often more appreciative, mm. for sure. 100%, 100%. Yeah. I love that. Martin, thank you so much. Well, I'm so grateful so to have me. met you. I'm so grateful to the hotel industry for bringing people together all the time, We're everywhere in the world. Mm. Hope to see you again soon in Cyprus. I hope you've enjoyed Cyprus. Is it your first time? Yeah, it's my first time. Absolutely yeah. loved it. But yeah. before we finish up, do you and the listeners want to see a quick trick? I'd love to. So we've got people who are going to listen to this and people yep. are going to watch. That's we absolutely can do fine. That's absolutely fine. Also on audio. Yep. It's okay. Yep. Let's do uh, it. Audio is absolutely fine because I want all of you right now, if you're at home and you're listening to this and you are able to grab your uh, mobile phone. And in fact, can you grab your phone? Okay. Well? Right. Here we go. I've got so, my mobile phone. I want everyone right now, everyone go, to open up your calculators on this. your phone for me uh, because we're going to do this all together okay. right now. We Once you've on zero. opened up go. your calculator. Okay, perfect. So I am going to, firstly, uh, Farah, I'm going to write down a quick prediction. Can I use this? Y- you can definitely use that. Okay. And I can't right. see. I am going to write down a quick prediction on here. Do we need an assistant? Shall I get Christos no, into the... It's there. Okay. okay. Right. So that's there. All right. Okay. And I cannot see everyone what is written on yeah. that So paper. I've turned that face down right now. So I've written down a little prediction. Okay. Mm-hmm. On your calculators right now. Uh, we're going to come up with a big random number together. Okay, so uh, okay. firstly, Farah, I want you to give me, um, uh, I tell you what, first we're going to work out your birth number. Now, I define mm-hmm. a birth number as being the day you were born, multiplied yep. by the month, multiplied by the year. Now, I do appreciate it's rude to ask a lady her age, Farah, so you can give us a false date of birth or your actual date of birth. No, I'm good. So, but What day of the month would you say 30th. you're born? 30th. 30th. So yeah. all of you on your calculators type in 30. Okay. And then hit multiply for me. Okay. What month would you say you were born? So March. So do March. I put a three or three? Uh, or just yeah, no, three. three. It's the same. Duh. It. And then hit multiply again. And uh, what year would you say you were born? 1980. 1980. So all of you type in 1980 and then press equals. Right. So based on the 30th of March, 1980, your birth number is 178,200. Yes. Okay. Hopefully everyone at home has that number as well. Hit multiply again for me. This yep. time, give me any four random digits. Um, 4572. 4572. Okay, so hit multiply, type in 4572, okay. press equals again. Okay, so now we've got an even bigger number. So it's 814,730,400. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, 
we're going to completely randomize it this time. So rather than, and also because we've gone into the hundreds of millions as well, yeah. this time on your phones, rather than hitting multiply, press plus instead. And also we're going to randomize it. So I'm going to turn the phone uh, upside down, Farah. I want you to just tap randomly nine times for me. Okay. Uh, that's it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So, and guys, I just tapped it in different. Yeah, areas. just randomly places uh, okay. on the on the on the keypad. So, uh, I want you all right now. Once you've pressed plus to put in the number that Farah has just come up with, which is one five four nine seven nine one six four. Okay. Okay. And then. Equals. One last time, press equals. Okay, so your number you've come up with today, Farah, is boom, nine hundred and sixty-nine million seven hundred nine thousand five hundred and sixty-four. Okay, you have that mm -hmm. number as well. Yeah, on your I calculator. do. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone at home, if you're following along, you will have that number as well okay, right now. Yeah. Um. Now, before we started, okay, this bear in mind this is made up from your birth number multiplied yeah. by the random numbers you gave us for your pin yeah. and the random numbers you just tapped on the calculator. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we started, I wrote down something on this piece of paper. Yeah. It just so happens I wrote down a number, which is... No way. 969,709,564. Farah, can you confirm wow, that? Wow, I can't believe it, guys. Here it is. So there we go. Nine. Yeah, it's here. 969709,564. Five, six, four. I can't believe it. And there we go. <laughs> and there we go. I love that. Okay, guys, I hope you had fun with that one. Martin, thank you so much. It's thank really so been a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. And wishing here, you so. all the best. And um, we'll put your links in the show notes so people can find you in the UK and abroad. And especially you do online. It's amazing. So anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Guys, look up Martin. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so all much the best. Me. I really hope that you've enjoyed listening to Hotel Talk and this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button because it helps us more than you may realize. And also, if you have enjoyed any episode more than maybe another, do share that with as many friends as possible because whoever gets the most amount of downloads or likes um, after the first year, we will be donating 1,000 euros to a charity of their choice. So all your listens really help us. If you'd like to stay in touch, don't forget to hop along to St. Raphael Resort and Marina's website, join our Seahorse Club and email the hotel anytime that you want to come and stay, quoting Hotel Talk to receive an exclusive offer just for you as our valued listener. So thanks once again and here's to many more amazing episodes with you, our listener in mind.